Welcome to the St. Michael Lenten podcast series. My name is Chris Garada, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Lent is Covenant, how we keep our sacred promises. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 26. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and with his sons and his flock drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all these things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Here ends the reading. Today's passage, often referenced simply as the woman at the well, is a story that captures the absolute essence of God's relationship with the world. Put another way, if I could choose one gospel story to define what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, it would be this story. To unpack the profound nature of this story, we need some common ground. Most specifically, we need to know the difference between Samaritans and Jews. There is a whole lot of history that goes into defining the differences between Samaritans and Jews, but put simply, they have a lot more in common than this story might lead you to believe. One of the pivotal moments in Jewish history is the Babylonian exile, but we've got to go back before that to understand the exile. The history of the Israelite people is really changed forever when they leave Egypt as slaves and are brought into God's care, becoming a people of faith, actually becoming Jewish. 
Now, being Israelite and being Jewish merged in general following the leadership of Moses and Joshua as they entered and took control of the Promised Land. Now, sometime later, the Israelites unified their 12 tribes to form a united kingdom under kings David and Solomon. Now, that unity did not last long, and soon the kingdom split in half, weakening their political and their military strength, and ultimately, the Babylonian Empire swept in and took their social leaders, such as their scholars, their priests, and their artisans. Now, during the captivity in Babylon, the Jewish people were effectively divided. Some were still in Israel, and some had been taken to Babylon. Now, each group wrestled with what it meant to be Jewish, and their understanding of Judaism diverged. By the time the Jews in Babylon returned to Israel, they were practicing a markedly different form of Judaism than those who had remained in Israel. Now, all of this is important because those who returned from exile in Babylon, I'll call them the new Jews, claimed true religious authority over those who had remained in Israel, who I will call the old Jews. The new Jews looked down on the old Jews and began to call them by new names, such as Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans are, in a very general sense, Jewish. They're just not the kind of Jewish the new Jews wanted to be. Now, as with all divisions in religious groups, when two groups are very close, yet differ on fine yet important points of theology or practice, they often have even more animosity toward one another. This was true of the Jews and the Samaritans during Jesus' lifetime. Which brings me back to today's passage. Jesus has casually run into a Samaritan woman outside the city at the well and asks her for a drink. She immediately knows something strange is going on and wants to know why Jesus would lower himself to speak to a Samaritan woman. Jesus turns the question around on her and says, if you knew who it was that was speaking to you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now the Samaritan woman was confused for a moment until Jesus says, the water that I will give will become a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And then the woman immediately pivots and says, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty again. Now, I cannot count the number of times in my career that I have spoken with someone who does not feel worthy of God's love. Over and over again, I try to make clear in my sermons and my teachings and writings and podcasts that God loves you. God loves each one of us just as we are. And God loves each one of us enough not to leave us there. God's love for us is not a platitude, but a revelation of God's spirit. There is nothing we have done and nothing we will do that can separate us from God's love. And yet, this idea still seems to trip people up. Now, this past Sunday, we considered a critical promise we make to God in our baptismal covenant. Will you persevere in resisting evil and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? When we say yes, we mean yes, but we know we will fail. When we think back to the promise we made to God to resist evil, we know we have failed many, many times. But you see, there's a second part to that promise. 
we also promised to repent and return to God. Now that's where we find the love between us. When we fail and we know we do, God wants us back every single time. 2,000 years ago, a woman who had made many mistakes in her life, a woman who felt outcast, a woman who felt alone, met Jesus face to face, and when he promised to give her living water, to give her the true gift of eternal love, she immediately said yes. Today, we are each offered that gift of eternal love once again. And once again, our faith lies with the God of grace and mercy and, yes, love. All we have to do now is turn toward God again and say yes. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord God, almighty and everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.